Shalom, everyone. I'm Monty Judah with Lion of Lamb Ministries. Welcome to another edition of Messianic World Update. Today's date is Friday, March 31st of the year 2023. If you've been watching any of the news, you know that there's been major upheaval in Israel this week. Last week's broadcast, I said that we needed to pray for Israel, and we've had major upheaval in the land of Israel this week having to do with the judicial reform bill that's being moved forward through the Knesset by the coalition government, and there's all kinds of people opposed to it. As I shared with you before, there's been mass protests in the land of Israel blocking roads. Well, this week, when the IDF people were talking about not coming to their reserve duty in protest of this, which, by the way, is an incredible violation for the military to get that involved, the defense minister, Gallant, also gave voice to the idea that if they didn't stop the judicial reform, that he might consider leaving the coalition government. Netanyahu became extremely incensed at the disloyalty that was being expressed and announced the firing of the defense minister, Gallant. Well, that touched off an incredible uproar all through the land of Israel. The unions then went on strike. They shut down the bus system, the transportation system with the railroads. The airport workers refused to do the baggage and checking, and the airport had to shut down, basically trying to bring the entire country to a standstill. And for that day, they were able to pull that off. And there was discussions about civil war, about people taking up arms. Well, at that point... Netanyahu came out with an announcement that said that he was putting a stop to the Knesset going forward with the judicial reform. President Herzog, the president of Israel, called together the coalition representatives and the opposition representatives to set down for the first time and to begin to negotiate a compromise bill. President Biden, of course, was right in the thick of this and suggesting to Netanyahu that they had to work toward compromise, threatening him that he would not be invited to the White House if they didn't do something. Well, as soon as Netanyahu put the, block, the, the brakes on going forward in the Knesset with this piece of negotiation, why the president then announced, oh, yes, you know, great, you did a great job, and by the way, I'll be inviting you to the White House shortly after Passover. We will see how that all pans out. In the midst of that, the State Department, U.S. State Department, announced that all U.S. citizens in Israel should get out of Israel immediately. The coordination of the Biden White House with the events that were going on in Israel seems perfectly linked. And as I shed, said to you before, there was plenty of evidence that the U.S. was funding the protests. This became so obvious about the interference of the U.S. in what was going on in Israel that one of the Likud members sent a message to President Biden and said, I would remind you, Mr. President, that Israel is not the 51st star in the U.S. flag. And he was like acting like Israel is one of the states of America and the way he was throwing his weight around. 
So as we speak, the Biden administration is claiming there's not a dispute between Israel. Netanyahu is claiming that you know, there's a solid relationship with the, US, with the U.S. and that the reform bill is now being negotiated with the opposition parties to see what they can do about it. The, uh, let me go ahead and tell you the, one of the fears that was operating within the liberal network, that the reason why they got so fired up about this. One of the key provisions of this bill is how you select Supreme Court justices. Now, the present system in Israel is judges are selected by judges. In other words, the judges, there's no elected official have any say about who's going to be a Supreme Court judge. And they just let the other judges decide who's going to be a judge. Well, there's no oversight. There's no check and balance. And this was the complaint on the part of, of the coalition government. There's no check and balance. And furthermore, they have a history of being very opposed to the religious parties. So when they had joined in this coalition government, they wanted to make a change about how judges got determined. There are 11 members in the state of Israel for the Supreme Court. They, they believe there's going to be at least two new judges that have to be appointed here very soon. And essentially, the, the coalition was saying, look, we've got to have this check and balance. Well, they went a little too far in their proposal. And one of the things that they had said was that we want to do a mandatory retirement of Supreme Court judges. In other words, you hit 65, you get retired. Well, if that was to be instituted in this law, that would mean that very shortly the coalition government would be determining six of the 11 judges, which would be a clear ideological majority on the Supreme Court. Suddenly, the Supreme Court, the rest of the liberals were discovering they were going to lose all power. So what is the real issue that's going on? What, what's the undercurrent that's causing this concern? It has to do with the liberals versus the religious conservatives. The liberals, of course, want to support worldly liberal items like LGBTQT stuff, and the conservatives and the religious don't want anything to do with that. So there's a fear that if the coalition government has the control of the Supreme Court, religious laws would be instituted at, and that would deal with those kinds of liberal issues. And of course, the liberals don't want to give up that freedom. And they don't want to be controlled by it. The religious conservatives, that we're talking about the Heredes. In other words, the Heredes are the very religious in Israel They've been on a campaign of not too long ago in which they move into neighborhoods and they set up a synagogue and then they start buying properties around it until only Heredes are living there and secular people that are living in the neighborhood suddenly are very unhappy how their neighborhood is completely transformed. Let me explain what happens. So on Sabbath day, you walk out to do some gardening in your yard. You get in your car, you start to drive somewhere. Well, you get all these Heredes standing out blocking the traffic and so forth, yelling, Shabbos, Shabbos, you know, you're violating the Sabbath. And there's such a backlash against the Heredes influencing the rest of Israeli society 
They just want them to kind of stay in their community and leave us alone. So there's a dispute between the secular and the religious, and it finds itself between liberal and conservative. This is the undercurrent of what's going on in Israel right now. There is so much weird information going on in the midst of this false information that one of the rumors that had, that came out this week in the midst of all this going on, and i got to mention it because it was horrendous, was that Netanyahu had coordinated with the union chiefs to set up the, the, the strike and the shutdown of the country so that he could then justify within his coalition government stopping the movement of the ju judicial reform law. And that, was, that went throughout the country. The rumor went everywhere, and that that was what he was doing. He had stopped it because he, got the, he made a false flag of what was going on. There's no truth to it, complete denial. But that shows you the nature of the false information that was being circulated around about this entire thing. So as we speak, there is calm of sort has come back, although there's still some protests going in the land of Israel, and that law that was going through the Knesset, it's frozen at this point. But it has brought to light the incredible division that's in Israel between the religious and the secular, between the conservative and the liberal, and they got a lot of trouble. They've got a lot of problems there with how to go forward. So having, there's other, by the way, there's other parts of the judicial reform law that there was about five provision, provisions in the law. I've only mentioned the one, but there are other issues that are surrounding this whole thing of judicial reform. So negotiations are underway through the different thing, and we'll see how what bubbles out from that. The latest news here in the United States is that President, former President Trump has been now indicted and has been charged with more than 30 counts of violating the law. And this Manhattan district attorney who's pursuing him, great concern here in this country with regard to this. There are some who truly believe this is political persecution that the judicial system has now been weaponized against Republicans, conservatives. They're simply using President Trump as kind of the bullseye on the target for it. The consequences of that and what may come out of that, we're just not quite sure. Will this incentivize voters to choose Trump in the election? Or will Trump actually have to step away from the election because he has so many charges against him, and he will be completely tied up in trying to defend himself. What, what will happen in the U.S.? But the one thing that's come across here in the U.S. is all the commentators now talking about lack of trust in our own government. We don't believe law enforcement anymore. We don't believe the institutions of justice in this country anymore. Case in point. We have the president being charged and looked at seriously as criminal activity for the handling of classified documents and all of his previous dealings. On the other hand, we have President Biden and his entire family. The evidence is overwhelming. His entire family has been bribed by the Chinese government and that he's been involved in all kinds of illegal activity. Let's go ahead and just mention classified documents for a moment. The nature of the classified document violations done by President Biden as compared to Trump, Trump is pale 
compared to what Vice President Biden did. By the way, those documents that they found, they're not wanting to reveal to us which classified documents did Vice President Biden walk out of the office with. Oh, they're the ones dealing with Ukraine and China. So the connection there is overwhelming. Just here recently, the was able to get information. The old, you know, you remember the investigations where they say follow the money? Well, they decided to chase the money. Where's the money coming from? Whose hands is it going through and how's it getting to Biden and his family? Lo and behold, they found out that there was money transferred from China in the course of about $3 million that went through this one individual who supposedly connected with Hunter Biden, and then it was distributed into different companies, and then it was dispersed to different members of Biden's family. It turns out that individual in question visited Joe Biden at the White House 16 times while he was the vice president. What was he there for? What was he discussing with the vice president? While he's the vice president, he's coordinating money to be transferred from China to his family. And there's no action being taken against him. The press is not talking about it. Don't hear about any indictments for him. Don't hear about any grand juries going on with that. So on the one hand, we see the media and the, de the Democrats pushing for the indictment of President Trump, and here we have an even bigger case with worse consequences and, and espionage and bribery and all kinds of stuff going on with the Biden family, and nothing is happening. Let me give you another case in point of what's going on. This last week in Nashville, there was a Christian school in which a gunman came in and killed six people. Horrendous. Three children, nine years old, and three adults that were at the school. Turns out the shooter was a female that was a transgender. She hated Christians. She don't like how, what Christians think about transgenders, and she decided she's going to go ahead and kill a bunch of them. We can't get the government to even begin to classify it's a hate crime. They just want to say it was a former student that had some grudge. And, 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 and if this is a hate crime. It falls into the category of this definition of what we have going on. They purposed to go kill some Christians. And the media doesn't want to say that. Let me tell you why. Because the current trend in the media, national media, is Christians are not good people. They're bad people. They're racist. They're misogynist. They, they're biased in all of their thinking. And, and they hate other people. They hate homosexuals and so forth. I've not yet met a single Christian in my life that hates homosexuals. What I see most of the time is a great big question mark about why. Why did they become a homosexual, if, if anything? But this thing has gotten bad. In fact, now commentators are coming out, and of which I agree, are getting very upset about this because they can see what's happening. And what is being discussed is the soul of the nation has been lost. We can't tell the difference between 
good and evil, right and wrong. There's no definition for righteousness. That we actually have people running around saying that you don't need the, the faith in God to be a moral person. They think they can make their own morality. And as for every step that we move away from the Lord and the previous traditions, Judeo-Christian traditions we have in this nation, the worse the nation is becoming. We're going downhill bad, real fast. And even the mass media people are starting to take note of this. Our country's in trouble. Well, it's not just our country. All countries are in trouble. We get the same issues in Israel that's coming here. All right, so let me slip quickly to just mentioning to you about some other areas that we monitor. Russia, they arrested a Wall Street Journal reporter, young guy, and obviously that's for means to leverage the U.S. to in their dispute concerning Ukraine. China has just now made multiple agreements with many different nations with regard to stop using U.S. dollars for international trade and purchase of oil and major commodities. Saudi Arabia is in negotiations with China to use the Chinese yuan instead of the U.S. dollar. And the U.S. dollar is the world currency. If the U.S. dollar is not being as used as world currency and the Chinese are effective in doing this, it's called the collapse of the dollar, which means our dollar will diminish in value very, very suddenly. If you take into account the Biden's budget producing inflation and increasing the debt, you know, the stage is now set for a full and complete financial collapse within the nation. It appears that the Biden administration wants that. Why would they want the whole U.S. to have a financial collapse? It's so that they can institute their solution of digital money. And when you get digital money, that means the government has total and complete control of everything that you have the ability to buy or sell. There is no more private currency to make private financial deal. Everything is visible to the government, and the government can decide whether or not you can travel and buy that airplane ticket, or whether or not you can attend this particular function that you have to pay a fee for, or whatever the case may be. They would have that control. Now, I don't think I need to remind this audience that we have a future prophecy in the Great Tribulation in which that when the beast economic system kicks in, that you're unable to buy and sell without their permission. That is a major end-time prophecy. Well, what we see right now is the mechanisms on how that prophecy could be so pervasive throughout the world by moving to digital money and having a whole new control over what we call paper money. The issues of Biden and his government uh, moving us into even greater debt. By the way, he just put out the new budget. He wants to spend even more money than what we've been spending during the COVID problem. You remember the COVID problem when all of a sudden the government authorized trillions of dollars for emergency things to keep everybody going during the COVID thing? Well, COVID's over. It's done. Yet the budget that he's just proposed 
is all of that money plus more that he wants to spend. And the more money he spends, the higher inflation goes, and the more we lose the ability to have our money have value. This is very, very concerning to a lot of people. It's going to put the clamps on basic living conditions for a lot of folks here in this country. It's very concerning for it. Okay, so you, of course, know that China is trying to rise to world power, and it appears the U.S. is stepping back and not asserting their position anymore. So we're in this transition of the world in which very soon the world is going to be completely different than what we've known before in our generation. Iran, through its proxy forces in Syria and Iraq, is attacking U.S. forces in northeast Syria. We have some special ops bases up there monitoring for intelligence purposes, keeping track of ISIS. And by the way, there's a whole bunch of ISIS prisoners. They're in prisons and jails up there, and this Iran is sending rockets and missiles over, and by the way, they finally killed some. They killed a bunch of U.S. soldiers, and so the U.S. struck back with some airstrikes, and Iran turned right back and started attacking again. That situation is now getting out of control, and the U.S. is not taking a firm position to deal with Iran. They're, they're backing off. They're, they're not holding the line, so to speak, with it. Do I need to remind you that Iran is on the brink of being able to have nuclear weapons? Is the U.S. going to really follow through and stop them? At this point, I would say I'm, I'm betting against that. I don't see this government holding the line with regard to those, which leaves Israel in the lurch, which means Israel will have to deal with that problem by themselves. All right, so with all of that exciting stuff going on in the world and the concern that we have, now I'm going to share something with you that is now coming out in the press. This last, It's been around for a while. The topic's been around, but all of a sudden, it's coming to focus. This is the scariest thing I've ever heard of in my life. What it has to do with is the advances in artificial intelligence. The ability to take a computer, and instead of it just doing a lot of calculations for you, to use that computer to think and to think on its own. Where you can go up to a computer now and you can say, by the way, I want you to create a photograph of President Trump being arrested and in handcuffs. That photo came out this week, an example of what AI can do. By the way, it looked like a real photo, a photo of the Pope and kind of a hip look to him. Well, when it came out, it was sheer sacrilege to Catholics for it. They've now got where the computer can write documents, create theme papers, help scientists to lay out a thesis argument. Because it goes out into the Internet, gathers every piece of information related anywhere to it, comes back, figures it out, sorts it out, organizes it, and presents a comprehensive report. In the case of scientists, they have the computer thinking new theories. The problem is this. Computers don't have any morality. They can't tell the difference between right and wrong. So some of the stuff they create can be extremely damaging and devastating. 
So much so that this last week, Elon Musk, which I know you know about, the guy that bought Twitter and built a Tesla and all that, joined with some other inventors, other people that are involved in this kind of stuff, asking for a moratorium of six months that there be no further AI experimentation. And the reason why he's doing it is he believes that the, the experimentation that's going on has the potential to do incredible harm to mankind, the world, and all the things that sorted out with it. There's no morality in this. You're going to be amazed at this. Some Jews in Israel, and by the way, Israel is a very high technology company or country. They created an AI program that wrote a Haggadah. You know, we're Passover season. And so they decided to create some Passover art to go in a Haggadah, to write a Haggadah, lay out the sequence and so forth. And the, they take the word Haggadah, and instead of the H at the end of the word, they just ended it with A-I, Haggadai, A-I, Haggadah. They've even changed it into Rabbi, to Rab A-I, and it's doing spiritual teachings. It's teaching Torah portions. It's, it's, it's doing things like that. And... Of course, it begs the question, we're talking about a machine that has no spirituality. Where's the Spirit of God, you know, working in that, which is what we view as our spiritual guidance and instruction that comes from it, begging all kinds of questions about what in the world are we doing? We are moving to where the machines are making us godless. And, and they're even experimenting with it in Israel. Is causing great concern, absolute, unbelievable concern. So let me restate my thing. One guy, talking about AI and where we're at at the moment, said the following. AI that's coming this year will be the greatest invention in the history of mankind. Let me give you a word picture of what he's trying to say. Let's say that we're back in the 1800s, and you go up to a person and you want to tell them about What's going to, that, that very soon there's going to be airplanes and people are going to be flying. And you're trying to explain to this person before they've ever seen a single airplane, ever heard of the Wright brothers or any of that kind of stuff. And they're trying to get ready to try to understand, what are you talking about? You mean we're going to have airplanes? What, what is that? And so you decide that the way to introduce them to airplanes and everything to do with air travel is to walk them up to an F-22 stealth jet fighter and try to explain airplanes using that as the example. The technology, obviously, in that aircraft right now isn't, isn't fully understood by people that have been flying around. And yet, that's what we're getting ready to transition from where we're at now into an AI-generated world. This is way off the scales and can be potentially threatening to mankind. I want to remind everybody that God says this end-time event called the Great Tribulation, it will be a time of distress as the world has never known before. Now, this world has known earthquakes, asteroid strikes, the Holocaust, world wars, pestilences, famines, 
And yet the Bible is saying there's a time coming it will be worse than all of that. Only our imagination can, can attempt to try to understand that world that would be during the Great Tribulation. I think the AI thing that's coming is helping us to understand this thing is going to go off the scales in the Great Tribulation. This could be extremely harmful to mankind. And of course, the Scripture says to us that part of the reason why God returns when He does because had he not returned, mankind would have eliminated themselves. So, rather interesting days that we're living in, and obviously our faith in the Lord, our spirituality is essential, becoming essential at this point, just to maintain your sanity. We can see plenty of evidence in the world how the world doesn't think correctly anymore. They can't tell the difference between right and wrong. They can't tell the difference between evil and, and righteousness. They hate righteousness for crying out loud. Actually, crying out loud won't do you any good. Okay, so let me conclude by saying the following. Thank you for viewing this program. Our viewership is skyrocketing, and people wanting to know about this from all over the world. We appreciate it. We thank you very much. We have other broadcasts, and we have other services that we do here at Lion Alliance Ministries. Investigate us. Check us out. We, Messianic World Update is just one element of what we do in the ministry here. You can go to the Lion and Lamb Ministries webpage, and it will direct you to a whole bunch of other programs that we have, other teachings we have. For those of you on the YouTube channel, thank you very much for your likes and subscribes. It helps us tremendously to get out to other folks. And we do have other internet platforms and channels where we offer our programs and teachings. Check those out for yourself. We're here to encourage the brethren and to be watchmen on the wall to pay attention to what's going on in this world and to assure every one of you that God's promises of his return are true and God's promises of the deliverance of his people is true. And so what, this is a time now where our faith needs to be strengthened, not dull and not apathetic. So with that said, let me just say to you, Shabbat Shalom, and thank you very much, brethren. Thank you, everyone, who listens to our podcast here at Line of Land Ministries. I want to remind you, you can get our podcast through Apple Podcasts, through Spotify, and wherever you like to download your podcast. Thank you for being a part of our program and listening to what we have to say.